Hey everyone, this is Jocelyn and welcome to this edition of LEAP. I'm so excited to have Ayesha Hogan join me today. Ayesha is the chief and founder of the Academy of Universal Self Mastery. And when she began her own healing journey, she became hungry to learn what was happening within her. She loved the changes in her body, mind, and energy and wanted to make sure that she could keep it going. So she began studying day by day and night and learned some amazing things along the way and became certified as the Dean of Universal Self Mastery, a life mastery coach specializing in personal growth and development, a master of clinical hypnotherapy and instructor, a master regressionist, which I'm curious what that is. I've never heard of a regressionist before, sleep specialist, metaphysical hypnotherapist instructor, a Reiki master and teacher, tantric practitioner, shamanic practitioner, doctorate in philosophy, and ordained non-denominational spiritual minister. Aisha, you have been a one busy woman. <laughs> it's to say, say the least. Actually, I'm <laughs> going to say, I'm going to actually edit myself because I, I say frequently busy is a word that I want to remove. Yeah, I would say like vocabulary. You have been one productive woman. Yes. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jocelyn. I'm so glad to be here. I am too. And I know I, I do this, by the way. So all of y'all who are listening, we had a little bit of like, oh, is it today? Is it tomorrow? What do we have? What are we going? It'll be all good. This is what happens. I share what's happening behind the scenes, people. This is how I operate. And I'm going to tell you, this has been the second rodeo I've been on this morning. I was on the, on the receiving end of this too. So I, you know, it'll be good. it's going to be all fantastic. Aisha, let's jump right in. I'd love to start with who are you and what are you, what are you up to? What is this universal self-mastery? Oh my gosh, there's this, oh, and how did we get here? That's, that's the main thing, but it's um, the Academy, the International Academy of Universal Self-Mastery, believe it or not, just after COVID started, about two weeks into COVID, I was going through my own like huge shifts in my body. I don't know what was happening, but I was like happy one day, crying the next minute and, you know, and then, feeling good again. And I'm like, what is happening? Where's this roller coaster coming from? And, and I started going into about two, two and a half weeks in, I went into a meditation and this meditation, I was going to one of my special places. I have special places I like to go and who knows where I end up after that, but there's just some special places where I like to start. And this particular day was one of those places, but I actually didn't get there at all. So where I ended up was on this beautiful, large field. And on this field were thousands and thousands of people, as far as I could see. And everybody was dressed in white and everybody was on these yellow gold yoga mats. And I don't know if they were social distancing or just, you know, giving themselves some space, but it seemed like everybody was sort of spread apart on the field. And a really interesting thing happened that's never happened to me before. And that was that I actually felt myself leave this body and fall into my body on the field. So all of a sudden I'm looking through my own eyes and I felt like in my mind, there was like two consciousnesses going on. One that's kind of leading a meditation for all these people, although I can't hear it. I'm just assuming that's what I'm doing based on how they're reacting. And me who just slid into this body going, what am I doing here? And how did I get here? And what's going on? Like, that's kind of where I went with it. Um, in my head though, I heard Aisha look right. So I turned my head to look right. And I saw this beautiful old school campus. Like, so it was like an old university academy, whatever you want to call it, but just a, a several buildings um, with this amazing energy throbbing. And I'm going to say throbbing because it was like a heartbeat. It was just pulsing off of it. And it was really strong because I felt like I was being pushed. So it was, it was just this incredible energy and it was so full of love. And I was like bawling. Like when I came out, I was crying just because of all of the beautiful energy that I was feeling. But there is that part of me that's a bit of a smart ass. So I did kind of look up at the ceiling afterwards of my, you know, in my house. And I'm like, how'd I end up there? What do you want me to do with this? Do you know that it's COVID down here? How am I supposed to do a university? And I don't know how to do this. Like, I don't know how this is going to start. 
And that's really where the journey for the university began, well, university, the academy. We started off with the word university uh, when we first did it, and then I've changed it since then changed to academy, but that's where it started. And now here we are just under three months later, like two and a half months later, and we have an online academy that is launching almost any day now. We have over 125 faculty. I have a council of eight. Um, I don't know, but this thing is clearly being led by something other than me because I just feel like the conduit. I'm just the, the caretaker. I'm just the one who's getting this thing going and it has taken on a life of its own. I don't even know how to say it. Like, it's just incredible all the things that have happened and the pieces that have fallen into place that we needed that came in. And it's incredible. That's all I can say is it's just, it's weirderful. I say weird, you know, weird I, and wonderful. It's I weirder. think we talked about that. I love that term, <laughs> weirdiful. We, we had talked about this when we, when we so for, for my listeners, they know this. Um, I always have a pre-interview with all of my guests just to like, do we have, do we have continuity? Do we have energy between us? And, and you sharing your journey of how this began and, and your, your dream state and, and this vision that you had, having no knowledge of what you're running into and what and quickly unfolded has been an incredible journey. It has been quite a journey. And I have to tell you, I've become like a master manifester, which is weird because, you know, we talked about earlier, you brought up, you know, my bio and my my healing journey and how it began and it began quite literally because in my early 40s after my dad died it actually triggered something in me that became overwhelming and i was actually going to end my life and that's how my healing journey began and i remember thinking you know that conversation that i would have with god that day and it would be like hi you know i'm your daughter you know me and um i'm a little earlier than you expected and I just sort of heard him sort of saying to me, you know, what did you do with all the tools that I gave you? Knowing that he knew what the, I did and me just saying, you know what? I didn't make a massive impact. I didn't do anything with the tools that you gave me. And I've disappointed everyone in my life, including myself and now you. And I was ready to have that conversation. And I think that God wasn't ready to hear it. Because hours before I was going to have my plan was going to take place, a Reiki master and a hypnotist pushed, literally pushed their way into my life. I had, I had not met these people before and they literally saved me and very good friends of mine now years later. And I think that, you know, God has a plan, energy source, universe, whatever you want to call that has a plan for us and he wasn't ready, she, she, whatever, that energy you. was not ready for me to punch out. Yeah, you, you weren't ready. There was a fire inside your belly that said, you've got to keep going. It's because of this, now I know, it's this plan, it's this thing that showed up now that I have to do. As I'm, I, I'm gonna take a moment, cause I'm, uh, you know, I used to, she can see me, I'm, I'm on the verge of tears. Um, and the reason that it is, it's, it's hitting me, so impacting me so heavily is it, it feels very close to me. Um, I am so grateful that you didn't punch out. I'm so you, grateful I didn't punch out. Because you had more, to, you have more here. I had more to do. Sure. Can we, can we spend a little time though about that around that healing? Cause I think that's so sure. as, as amazing. And we will talk about the, the Academy. Um, I think I'd like to stay here for a moment about the piece sure. around the healing. Um, what sort of, what transpired to your father passed My father and why, passed. and then what, I mean, how did you get from your father passing to you saying, now I'm done. Well, my, you know, growing up, um, my father loved me very much you know, as a father does and should. Um, but he also grew up in a different kind of, in a different country with a different culture. And we, when, when we came to Canada, I was young and he was heavy handed. So it was this idea of love and hate, love and pain became one and the same for me. So if someone loved me, then there must be pain that goes with it. 
and I don't think he meant or intended for me to feel that way. Be- of course not. But it's just as a child, that's where I came with it. And, you know, in my later on in my relationships, my marriage, you know, boyfriends, all this kind of stuff growing up, if someone didn't hit me, I would make them do it. I would drive them to it because it would be, then I would feel like that they loved me because they did that. So you create create a story of that connection. That's right. And so I kept pulling those kinds of people into my life and I really didn't have a good idea what love was. I just really didn't know what it was. I had no idea what it was. I went through two failed marriages and I felt like a failure because of it. Um, I made some dangerous, dangerous, life-threatening decisions as a, as a young woman, um, made some decisions that it took me a long time to get over that I, that I even made those decisions. Um, you know, went through an abortion, all kinds of things that happened. And I absolutely loathed myself. And I think that my dad's dying because we actually became great friends after my 25, 26, 20, me and my father started building a really good relationship with each other. He knew what he did was wrong and, and he never, um, and he apologized to me and, and we built a relationship. So I put everything aside. I didn't deal with what had happened to me. I just built this new relationship with him. And, but when he died, all those old scars came up. Yeah. And when they came up, boy, did they ever, it's like somebody let the cat out of the bag in a big way. And, I just became overwhelmed. I just couldn't deal with everything I was feeling. And that's how I came to say, you know what? I've always been a big believer in past life regression and and that we'll be reborn again. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to hit reset. I've made too many mistakes. There's just too much gone wrong here. I don't know how to fix it. Yeah. And and I'm so, uh, thank you for taking that understanding, taking the time to understand that. And And the reason I'm kind of getting choked is it, it, again, it feels so, it's so similar to, even though my journey has been different than yours, um, you know, mine was also, you know, through a, a marriage that ended, and I looked back at times and said that I was a failure, and I'm not, and no. in fact, that's the furthest from it, it was the furthest from it, I'm a thriver, I learned, yeah. I've come to learn that the stories that I told myself based on the experiences I had as a child formed how I saw myself and how I was, what I was attracting into my world and that I, and, and this is where you are too, I can choose differently. Yes. And I can hit this reset button and I come through and you can come through on the other side, having taken the time to heal those traumas you have to do it. You know, those a lot of people read books, mm-hmm. you know, they read books, these self-help books and everything that's out there. And it's, it's fantastic. Nice books and everything, but you know, knowledge, knowing things is not going to make you well. Yes. Knowing things will give you a way, a different way of looking at things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But if you don't actually take action and consistent action, happiness comes from progress right? If you have to make progress, so you can't, you can have moments of happiness, but true happiness in your world comes from progress and progress only comes from consistency and momentum. And if you're not consistent about what you do, then you can't create that momentum. You can't just do things once or twice and expect that that's going to make the change. Not even, and I, yes, I'm glad that you highlighted that. It's funny. I had this conversation earlier this morning. I, I guessed it on a, on a show earlier today. Um, so I do sit at both sides of the, the <laughs> microphone. I love doing both sides of it, to be honest. Um, and we were talking specifically, one of the co- points that came up was, was progress and process. Actually, we talked about process as well. Yes. But this is, um, when we dive into the origins to our stories and the origins of our trauma, we may identify it pretty quickly, what the origin is. We may not to reset and reseed with nourishment takes time. It doesn't happen in one session with your coach. It doesn't happen with one book, reading at one time. At minimum, at minimum, my rule of thumb is three months. And that's why you see like most coaches programs, those one-on-one of the group coaching programs, three months, and it's 
weekly. And it's, and it's weekly that you meet, week or every other week, depending on the coach. It's daily practice to you. Oh yeah, when I deal with my, when I work with my clients and you know, their challenges, it is my, my smallest program is three months, like absolutely. And I give them loads of homework because it's things to integrate into their lives, not sit down and write essay kind of homework, yeah. but stuff that they can start bringing into their life and the changes that they have to make. And, and it takes time. And it's always that first foundational session where I give them this long list of stuff that they're going to integrate. And they look at me and they're happy to see all this stuff. And I said, I don't expect you to do this all like by tomorrow. You realize that, right? So you have to kind of bring, start bringing these things into your life in bits and pieces. And just because you start to feel a change doesn't mean you stop. That's when you step into it even more. <laughs> I have some saying, so during Corona, I mean, so we, we started this conversation about the Academy and you, you had this awakening, awakened moment to bring this into life during Corona. I have noticed for myself, Corona has, has caused a lot of sort of shifting within my being as well. The, the, like the crying and the, and the emotional states of, of movement. Um, I forgot where I was going to go with this, but it, you know, I've noticed that the, the energy within my being has shifted so much and it's been so like here one minute, there another minute and then realizing that I still had more work to do. And I said, I said this, a lot of, a lot of the people that I spend time with are in the same, you know, our coaches, Absolutely. our healers. And I've said, you know, I said that sometimes it was easier. I can't believe I've said this and I have said this. It was easier when I was sleepwalking. You know what? It's interesting that you say that. It is so interesting. So because this, Academy is such a huge project. Like, I mean, I can't even, I don't even know how to explain how this is happening, but because the Academy is such a huge project, the interesting thing that's been happening to us on the council is that like last week, for instance, everybody was like, people were tired and cranky and snappy. And I found myself really emotional. And the next day I'm feeling okay. And then I'm back into emotions again. And our web designers who are also on the board, like they're all like going through this as well. And it wasn't until we get to like yesterday when everybody else, when we seemed to get over the hump, whatever it was, where we sat there and went, oh my gosh, you know, with, they call it the Ascension flu sometimes or whatever, but whenever there's like this down, like this download happening, because in order for us to hold space for everybody, that's going to be part of this academy, we, our own energy has to open up more, yeah. right? And our own things have to open up more. And I think that what's happening, and I don't know how to describe this in any other way, but it's like, it's like, it's like somebody, something up there is going, Aisha, for you to hold space for this, I need you to be able to bring in more energy and I don't have time for you to do your healing stuff. So I'm just going to go in there and grab it and pull it out. So it's like, it's going in there, it's grabbing what, but I'm still going through the different emotions of it while it's happening. And I feel like at the, I don't even know how to say this. Like, I feel like complete shit. And then all of a sudden I feel better. It's, like it's a, not, a release. Almost yeah, immediate a release. Rip, but it acted like it, I just, all of us were going through it. And when we sat down yesterday and had our council meeting and we're on the other side of it, we're like, Oh my God. Like, that's what happened to all of us because we have to hold space for the faculty, for all the students that are going to be coming in. This academy is its own life force on its own. Like it's ridiculous. And we have to be able to hold space for this. I, I equate that to, so I'm, I, you know, most of, most of this audience is going to understand what we're speaking of, but I equate it to um, when women, you know, when you have a circle of women friends and your cycles all sync, Yes, yes. Right? Conceptually, yeah. same, same concept, right? You as a group are, a yes, we're a part of a collective consciousness. Anyway, you've chosen each other to be part of this smaller, more intimate group for this very specific, specific project um, for this academy. And so you're, you're, you're another container of energy within the larger energy force. Yes. So, so you also are sinking your energies to allow yourselves to be all in the same space. So I, I'm not at all surprised that you're all sort of feeling this downtrodden um, heaviness to then just be, to go through that cycle 
all of you, that's your cycle and you come through it and say, okay, now we get to release. Yep. It was, it was an incredible thing because I was feeling weird stuff that everybody else was feeling. And, you know, I was like, what is this like empath on fire right now? So this was like, there was so much going on. And then I realized that they're, it's going, it's happening for them too. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was just, it's been an interesting, it's been an interesting journey in lots of different ways. Um, but I think the most interesting part is that I've become like this master manifester, which I was saying earlier, which I've never been able to do that. Right. I've always been the person who struggles and climbs and pulls and gets there and claws my way to where I want to be. But now it's like, I go to bed saying, okay, so I've got this for the Academy. I've got this and this and this, I just really need to find this one part. I need to find this piece now. And then tomorrow it'll show up. Mm -hmm. It's like somebody's listening to me before I go to bed and then while I'm sleeping, they're going, hey, guys, let's round up this stuff because she needs it for some more. What, what does that say to you? What is um, that, that, what's that message for you? I'm definitely on, I'm on track. Um, I've been told that this is my soul contract. Um, I've never used that term at all in my life because the contract part always felt like corporate to me. So I just really didn't like it. Um, but I've been told that this is my soul contract and that's why it's coming with ease and that I have a team outside of the team that I can see physically with my eyes, there is another big team that it's because it's their thing. You know what I mean? It's, this is, this, this academy is coming from something bigger than anything we can see. And I, when we were naming me, like even titling me for this, when I was like, you know, my counsel's like, what are we going to call you? And at first we came up with Dean and I didn't like it. Like it just wasn't fitting with me. I didn't like it they come up with headmaster. I said, no, I don't want that either. That's icky. And so we couldn't figure out what we wanted. And then I said, you know what? I feel like when I close my eyes and think about who am I in this immediately, I see myself with a broom and I'm just sweeping the hallways and I'm pulling back the curtains and I'm opening the doors and I'm guiding people in and I'm showing them where they got to go. And I said, I feel like the caretaker. And so my counsel is going, we can't call you the caretaker. Like, you know, so I was like, okay, well, I, I hear what you're saying, but not caretaker. And like, I'm not like taking out the garbage, which I would, but I, I hear what you're saying. Um, so I went to bed that night, sort of asking source. I was like, who am I? Mm-hmm. Right. If I'm supposed to have a title, who, like, who am I? And I woke up in the middle of the night with the, with the, uh, with the acronym chief. So C H I E F, which is caretaker head of integration and education and finance. So chief, I love I, that. And I feel like it's got that traditional feel of, you know, that shamanic traditional feel to it as well. So yep. I can totally, I can live with chief. It, it transcends. Yes. It transcends because you hear it's an acronym. So it has depth and meaning for you. Chief from the shamanic, shamanic standpoint has quite a, quite a weight around it. And then chief in the corporate sense or in, in, you know, I'd say conditioning also has a heavy heft, heft to it. It's a leadership. You're in the, right. you're in, in the midst of, cause you're the creator of all of this. So my I'm next the creator though, I don't see myself as the creator at all. I see myself really? as the do it because creating means I sat down and I thought about this. I didn't. I thought about some small spiritual center someday, like the, the brick and mortar, not this, mm-hmm. right? So I don't call myself the creator. And it was really funny because when the council started coming together and when I first started talking to a few friends about this, I realized I was building a council. And when they said to me, Aisha, what's the business plan? Like, what's the model? What's the business model here? It was funny because in my mind, I was just about to say, I don't actually know what's going to be my answer. And I opened my mouth and all the whole plan started pouring out of me. And it was like exactly what was going to happen, how it was going to run, what the vision is, how it's going to operate inside our virtual walls. Everything was coming out. And I kind of sat down after that and went, where in the heck did all that just come from? Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't me. So I don't, I, 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 I'm not the creator. I am definitely the caretaker. I have put the pieces together. Um, I'm, I'm holding it together. I'm holding space for it and I'm letting it create. And every day I ask my, I look up and I go, okay, what's next? What do you need me to do now? Right. And that's where I feel I am with this. 
So what is, so then as the conduit, as the caretaker, where is this going? What's, what's its intention? So the academy, I love it. And I'll tell you why. One of the words that I use a lot is awesome. I say awesome a lot. And what I didn't realize is when I named this the Academy of Universal Self-Mastery, it's AUSM, which is another acronym. And it's awesome, which I didn't know. One of the faculty said to me, like, why should you know that your acronym is <laughs> Was this Lisa? No, no. It was one of the faculty, okay. Rebecca Putnam, um, one of the teachers. And I looked for awesome for a domain name, actually, and couldn't get it. So my web designer said, but Aisha, you have people coming in from all over the country, so all over the world. So why don't you call this the International Academy of Universal Self-Mastery? And that's iAwesome, and it is available. So iAwesome feels a little bit like more like a mantra to me as well. So it's iAwesome.com, which I love. But inside the virtual walls of iAwesome, you know, we are so programmed for marketing and selling and pushing and here, try this and here, try that. And this academy is an online social network with tons of courses. So let me explain. Imagine a social network that you, that you know. Let's, let's talk Facebook, for instance. Right, Imagine you could take everybody off it. I love that idea, by the way. <laughs> so imagine yeah. you could take everybody off it and there's no marketing. There's no ads. There is timelines. There are groups. You can make connections, you can follow people, but there's also courses, some free, some paid, lots of free, um, and some that you pay for, like certification courses, more deeper, like month long, months and months long of courses. Like there's some really deep courses coming in. Over 125 faculty now, each one of them bringing two, three, four, five courses in each, right? But imagine that there's no marketing ever no ads, no one's trying to sell you anything. It's like walking through the halls of a university where it's just teachers and students. And all these teachers are remembering and exercising their passion, why they started doing what they were doing in the first place, forgetting that they don't have to market. They don't have to do anything. All they need to do is teach you and that's it. And there's, and for the students, it's this place where I, I look at them like diamonds, you know, like they all have their own, so many facets, right? And each facet, like I went through eight, I think nine healers getting better in my own way, coaches and healers. And I can't imagine taking even one of them out of my life because they brought so many things and they brought different aspects that I needed. So I don't believe that one person can be everything for one person. I just don't. Um, so here you have this place where you are going to be supported and empowered and there's no labels, by the way. So it doesn't matter your color, your race, your culture. None of that matters because you are human first. You are soul first. Your Everything energy. else is your accessories. And so there's no labeling allowed. Actually, we don't allow it. We have a compliance, no disempowering posts, no bullying. None of that is allowed. And if you, if they, if someone is caught doing it, then we have a gentle warning that, you know what, that doesn't happen here. And if they do it again, they'll, we will remove them from the site. It's not, I have to think about what's highest and best for all that are in there. But you know what, if they change their way of being, they can always come back. It's not an indefinite thing. It's like, you know, whenever you, you can see things differently or you're more than welcome to come back and grow, but we're not going to let you bash anybody else. And there's no selling of anything. You can't come and sell your next MLM. You can't network your stuff. Like here, it's simply about learning. No teachers can put links on their pages that take you off onto their websites. Like none of that. This is simply a place for growth and self-development. What I so was so attracted to when we had this first when I, when we had our pre-conversation and you were explaining and sharing with me the academy. What attracted me most you remove the marketing piece because, you know, as business owners, right? I'm a business owner. You're a business owner. We do, we know that we're being conditioned to believe that marketing is the way we hook people in, right? And we spend more time on that than we do on the content and the passion and the reason that we started to jump into this in the first place. The reason that you coach is because it's been your own healing journey. 
right? The reason that I coach is because it's been my own healing journey and I right. love it. And I coach all my friends. Like, like, like to me, like sometimes I can't, I forget to like turn that dialogue off. Like I want to coach everybody. <laughs> um, the marketing kind of gets in the way of the passion and the joy. Oh my God. But it absolutely does. It, it, it clouds it. And then it becomes, and that's where it becomes like we, we get, we remove ourselves from surrender. Like we start to say, like we actually start building walls, right? What I loved, what I love about what you're doing is it, I mean, and I love how you actually paint this picture of walking down a, a, like a hallway that the students will find, will be attracted to what they need. It's all about the attraction. It is, it's not about the marketing. It's not who has the prettiest picture or who has the zippiest line. It's a student will find what they need. What they need with Teachers. no pressure. With no, pressure. Um, no one's trying to push them or upsell them or on, on anything. No one is because you took a free course is gonna be pushing you to go. We actually have a compliance team and the two people on our, on our counselor are in charge of compliance. So no course gets published to the, to the academy campus until it's gone through compliance. And that means that every link has been checked, videos, content, because for that reason, for quality, first of all, and secondly, for, to make sure that there is no marketing content. It's not like the teachers are doing it on purpose, but, it's, but they've been conditioned to do it. Right. So we have to make sure that we make sure that they're not doing it. And the interesting thing about it is it's hard. Like some people have had to do their intro videos three and four times because I listen to them and I'm like, no, you're talking about your books and your stuff and your whatever. Again, I want to hear about you. Yes. I want to hear about who is the woman or the man behind all that stuff. What made you start this stuff? It's your That's, essence. Yes. And I've interviewed we have over 125 faculty. I've interviewed every single one of them, except for a few. Lisa Berry did a few. But for the most part, I've interviewed everybody because I want to make sure that they still remember their passion. Yeah, because it's so easy to get away from it. And I think it ebbs and flows over time. And, and, and you know, this is, it's also the, the why when, when Lisa reached out and said, oh, we need to talk, um, my show, this show, um, even though it began with, interviewing entrepreneurs as to why coaches and healers, why they took a leap of faith in starting their own business. And, and I will tell you on the onset, I thought it was going to be talking about what were the hardships, what were the challenges, blah, blah, blah. It, it has never once been that conversation. Every single conversation is who are you? Not what book are you selling? Not how you work with your clients, not what you do. It's not about that. No, it's not. It's who are we? How have we shown up in this world? What is the lesson? What is the journey that brought us to the point that we said, oh my gosh, here's my moment. Here's my shining spotlight. I'm not running towards this thing because this thing just, it keeps, it's, I'm being so pulled in this direction, everything yeah. in my world. And that's what I hear from you. You, you had these, these downloads and said, this is it. And, and as you're unfolding and the, the ease in which it's all coming, it's coming because it's yours. Yeah. And it's ours. And, you know, when I, for every, the, for the faculty, for instance, we have an agreement with them and, you know, all of them sign their agreements when they come in. And the interesting thing is, you know, I don't look at those agreements as, oh, great. I got one more faculty member on board. Like, that's not how I look at it. I look at it. It's their commitment to their passion. Number one. And number two, I don't look at them as, faculty we're all leaders like we're all leaders here so it's not like i'm leading you're following like that's not how i look at it at all i think i look at it as a collaboration and we're leading together to create this beautiful thing that's going to be healing for so many people and us to bring us into our self-mastery into what we were always meant to be and we're going to do this together you don't have to do it alone on your own yeah. island it's about doing it together. It's this collaboration, this many-to-many -many model, mm -hmm. right? Rather than one-to-one -one or one-to-many, why don't we come together and bring our beautiful skills together? I love that. I, the word that keeps this resonating in my mind is kumbaya. It's this, yeah. this, 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 this synthesis of 
of this collectiveness. Um, something that just sort of also, as you were talking, downloaded for me, um, obviously, you know, Oprah Winfrey, right? So not personally, but one day, <laughs> one day. Yes. Um, and she, however many years ago now, she started her own network, the Oprah Winfrey network, yeah. her own network, right? It is widely known now that she spent millions and millions of dollars to bring this to the world because she wants, she wanted to bring Super Soul Sunday to the world. That was it. Everything else is just extra. She wanted to awaken the world. She's an talk, amazing woman. Talk about, I mean, this is the thread that you're in. You're, you're in the same thread. You're creating She's an awesome a She is a woman, like, people have to realize, and, you know, they, they look at people like Oprah Winfrey, um, the challenges that I've had, I haven't really gotten into them. I just said dangerous situations, but the things that, you know, we come back from and some people are stuck in their story, right? They're like, I can't get there, but yes, you can. And those same things, those same things that I was going to end my life over are the things now that empower me to help other people that make me relatable. I wouldn't change one beating, one bad decision, one dangerous situation. I wouldn't change anything I've been through now because all of those things make me who I am. All of those things give me the strength and the resources and the capabilities and the strategies to do what I'm doing right now. Are you willing to, are you open to sharing a journey or a story or something that has occurred for you, occurred in your life that you have transitioned to your strength? Okay. This one's a big one because I, I, you know, I haven't even really talked to my counsel about bringing this one up because, but I, I thought I had to, and it, because I haven't thought about it in years, but it's something that seems to be, keep coming up for me in the last couple of weeks. It keeps rearing its head. So I think it's because I need to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I was doing the 300 list. I don't know if you have anyone's ever done that. Steve Harvey's 300 list where you think about 300 things that you want to do with your life and you make it like a checklist, like a to-do list in your journal. You write 300 things and you could do 75. You get to about 75 and you start to hum and haw because you're like, I can't think of anything else. But then all of a sudden a dam opens and you, you can just, it all happens. Everything. Right? So I was writing in there that I wanted to, to make not just a self-published book, but I wanted to be a best-selling author and I wanted to tell my story. And I already, and immediately I thought, what was the title? And it came out right away. So I'm gonna shock a lot of people right now, but um, I'm 55 years old and back in my twenties. So here's the story, here's the title. From Stripper to Mastery. Wow. And I made that decision in my life because I thought I didn't have another decision. I, I really felt stuck in a situation. And, you know, um, I made a lot of bad choices, got myself into a lot of bad situations, but I didn't really feel worthy of anything. I was a different person than I am, than I am now. And I already didn't love myself and I already didn't value myself at all. Um, the only thing I did save myself from was I never, ever got involved in drugs or became an alcoholic or anything like that. I was never really interested in those things, but I think that's the only thing that saved me. Mm -hmm. And um, I treated it like a business, but I knew that I was sacrificing who I was. But the thing was, I actually didn't know who I was anymore. I was just always what somebody else wanted me to be. And I gave up on me. And I had created a, a, a persona and her name was Zaya and I created a persona and I gave her all my strength and Aisha disappeared. Yeah. So if I can come back from not knowing the difference between love and pain, if I can come back from a place of just feeling so unworthy and full of shame that even when I used to host a television show on the women's network, helping women with their money. Like I, I mean, I had a good financial business. I had a TV show. I hated myself every day. I looked like I was successful. I was so completely unfulfilled. These ghosts were killing me. And, and 
now all of those things, all of those things bring me to this point in my life where now there's nothing that anyone could ever tell me that would shock me, number one. <laughs> and number two, where they could ever say, I can't come back from this because yes, you can. How do you know that? How do you know I that can. for yourself? No, how do you know that for yourself? Not other people. How do you know oh, okay. that for yourself? How have you gotten here? I know I that was a loaded question. <laughs> That's well, a big I, question. I came back. I, I, I was right at the edge. You know, I had to hit bottom. I was ready to end my life. Yeah, I mean, think about people in the world, you know, the Whitney Houstons and people in the world who have everything from the outside and yet they're willing to end their lives because success and fulfillment do not go hand in hand. No, they do not. Right? So you can look fact, successful, I but you might not have happiness at all. I think the success is happiness. And you can't, buy, you can't buy passion. You know, there's things that you just can't buy that you need to build within yourself. You can't buy joy. You know, these, you can't buy happiness. You just can't. And it doesn't matter how much you have. And again, the resident, why I resolve so much with you, this is, it, it's so familiar to me. So mine, you know, my journey was, I, I walked away from a marriage. That's where mine began. Began before then, right? But that was sort of like that pinnacle moment for me. Right. And in doing that, leading up to that point, I remember when I did, when I decided I was leaving, you know, I'd had these titles. We, we define ourselves, our mm -hmm. ego defines ourselves by our titles, right? So on the outside, my life looked like a cream puff, right? I had, I was married. I had a great job. I was making six figures, very comfortable in this position. I'd been there for a decade. So I knew this stuff. Inside. Like I wasn't really working hard at this point. I was just floating. Um, owned a business with my husband, also quite successful, working six, seven days a week, had a young child who was healthy. On the outside, I had all the check marks, like the things that we're told that we're meant to have in life. On the inside, same thing. I was bereft and I'd felt empty. And when I really, really take the time to, to focus on that, I felt empty for most of my life. Mm -hmm. I can go back to early childhood where I can identify that empty feeling that we get filled up over time and then empty out again and fill up over time and empty again. And it was filled up by passions, things that I enjoyed. Um, and then I'd release my own, relinquish my own power into a relationship, oftentimes into a relationship. Um, and I had this, this, this pattern when I really had that moment where I was really, mm, I, this, this life that I'm living is really not it. I don't know what is, but the titles were gone. Like the, I had walked away from, like I had, um, to, I, we had moved across country. So that job, that role, um, we parted ways very amicably, but that was no longer in my role. My title of wife was no longer in my world. Now, now who am I? And where's that, where's that passion? Where's that person that I, I always thought I was? Where'd she go? And my journey came through that of where's that, where is that little spark that was in my belly? And I'm, I'm an Aries, so fire is a big thing for me. And my fire was pretty well out and having to uncover the pattern behavior because mine was around verbal abuse. And I always pushed it to an external source until I realized, oh wait, that's mine. Yeah. And I just and I just had this reflection not even two weeks ago through a conversation with my sister, who also happens to be a coach, <laughs> which is amazing. And I was sharing something with her because I was going through something that had rehashed and uncovered. And she said, Jocelyn, you left an abusive marriage and guess what you're doing? And I was like, what? And she had, she actually told me, she didn't let me point it out, but she didn't let me find it. She's like, you're doing it to yourself. Yep. What, like another aha moment to say well, that, I mean, that that's, that's the pattern. That's it is the, the pattern. pattern. I talk, you know, one of the things that I say to people all the time is I go, imagine those women, we've all, we've all seen one either in a movie or we know one, right? Where they're being beaten physically. Yeah. And we say, why do they stay? Right. Why do they stay in that? You know, why don't they just pick up and leave? Mm -hmm. And then one day, maybe they do. They just pick up and leave. They pick, they grab the kids and they go, right? 
So what happened there? First of all, they stay because as long as the abuse that we get is less than the abuse that we give ourselves, we will take it. We've created a playground. Mm-hmm. So as long as we, as that, as long as that person who's abusing us stays within that playground that we've created because we feel we deserve it in some way, or what yes. we say to ourselves is even worse, then we'll take it. But then one day, why does that person get up and leave? Why does that same woman get up and leave? And it's because that person who was abusing her has said or done something beyond even her boundaries. So maybe for the first time he said, I'm going to kill you, or I'm going to hit the kids or whatever. And now, now he's hit a boundary and now she'll pick up the kids and leave. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's about finding out that when you love yourself and verbal abuse is way worse, way worse than physical abuse, because physical abuse, we can, we can heal from that. But verbal abuse stays forever. It's it's these things that we repeat to ourselves and it's hard to forget. Like, I don't remember every beating I've ever gotten in my life, but I certainly do remember all the horrible things that were said to me. So at the end of the day, if we learn to love ourselves, if we learn to validate and appreciate who we are and respect ourselves, then that playground becomes almost non-existent and nobody can treat you that way anymore. And one thing that you said that was interesting was that, you know, I was trying to understand who I was. And I think that your power came from saying, you know what, I need to go find out who I am. I did the same thing. But a lot of people are afraid of that. Like that's, that's like they sit there going, I won't know who I am. So I better not go there. When that's really what you need to step into. The only, that's in fact, the only thing that's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. It's, yeah. uh, two, two spots I want to go with on this one. Um, so I, I I don't know if you're familiar with the Indigo Girls. Do you know mm, the Indigo no. Girls? So no. it's um it's a it's a they're a folk group. Um, it's two women um, that are like the main the two main two main women anyway. They're a folk group and they have um, a song. It's called Least Complicated is the name of the title. the title of the song. And in it, the line and I'm going to botch it, but to some degree, it says the hardest things to learn are the least complicated. It's true. And like, I think that just, it really rounds out what you've just exemplified is, is learning to know ourselves. Loving ourselves is step two. It's knowing ourselves first and accepting us ourselves for everything that we are. And then we move, we move through the forgiveness and we move through the self-doubt and the fear and the anger and the, punish, the self-punishment that we do. We move through those to the point of acceptance and love and just appreciating who we are for who we are and just and accepting that we are perfectly imperfect. And we are who we are and we're beautiful just as such. And I want to also go to a step where you said you talk about the, the verbal piece and because that was, that's my history is the verbal, never physical, right? Um, you can, you can move through this and you can mm-hmm. release it yeah. And let it go. And it no longer accepts, it, it right. no longer has any power within your being when you choose to go inward and choose to love who you are inside. And, and you know, earlier today I had a conversation about uh, my awakening. What is, or what, not my awakening, but what is awakening, right? And, and of course it's a very loaded, complicated question, but the way that I sort of answered that is we have, you know, we have these three centers of where we, where we make decisions. We've got our mind, which is our thinking center, our heart, which is our feeling, and our gut, our intuition. The awakening process is when, to me, is when we move away from our mind and move into our being, move into those, that heart center and move into that intuition center and allow the, the mind to like turn off or just quiet. Start with quiet. We'll take with that, right? Quiet and then warm up to the feeling and allow the feeling to be the thing that leads us. Not and I think that's what you say is true, not easy to do, very easy to listen to. And it sounds beautiful, but it's hard for people to do. It's very complicated. And because it's, and I'll tell you why, if I was to say to anybody, any one of your listeners, hmm. you know, pick somebody in your life that you love and automatically tell me 15 things that you love about them. 
right? And I'm sure you can just boom, 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 rhyme those things off, mm -hmm. right? And then I say, go look in the mirror and tell me 15 things you love about yourself. And that, they can maybe tell you two or three, and then they start humming and hawing. But if I turn around and said, now tell me 15 things you don't love about yourself, boom, 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 boom. They can, so we focus all of our attention on what we are not enough of or too much of, I'm too this, I'm too that, I'm not enough of this, I'm not enough of that. Instead of noticing that all of those things that you've been through in your life have brought resources and strengths to you and capabilities and strategies that you may not even know you have because your focus is in the wrong place. You're focusing on what you don't have. And we're not all meant to be really great at everything, right? We're only meant to be really good at what we're supposed to be really good at. So, you know, don't worry about the rest of it and start to look at yourself through other people's I want to eyes. Say, not even through other people's eyes. You know, uh, Joe Dispenza says that we're 99.9% .9 energy and 0.01% this body. So step on the other side of the mirror and see yourself from a different point of view. And you might be amazed at what you find about yourself that you actually love a lot. And all of those things that you think are flaws, well, that's just where the light shines through. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I, so one of the, the things that I, I utilize with, with my clients, I'm sure you're familiar with is as part of an example of this and exercise and why I jump to look at yourself through other people's eyes, because we are our own harshest critic until we yeah. start to learn to undo that. And it is, it's a process to learn. One of the places where I start is you, you ask five to seven people in your world that you, that are, have been in your world that you trust, ask them to reflect to you what they see, how, how you show up in their world. Because if you're having a hard time saying 15 things about your loving yourself, about how wonderful you are, I can get for the same reason, like you, you said, tell me 15 things you love about your best friend or your mother or your sibling or whatever. Um, re reverse that. Ask those people what they see in you because they see it, even though we don't see it. That's a start. And then you start to, then you start to like the second step of that is like record yourself saying some beautiful things about yourself. And I imagine this is where the hypnotherapy comes in and then start playing those back in your like physical you way. You have to believe them. Yes. And and the really great thing is that when we look at ourselves, a lot of times we look at ourselves as a whole. So when, you know, you ask people to go ask their friends, I say to them, look at the different, break down to roles. What roles do you play? Mm. What do you love about yourself as a mother? Okay. What do you love about yourself as a dad? What do you love about yourself as a friend? What makes you a good friend? You know, what makes you a good daughter, a good son, right? So when you start breaking down who you are and the different roles that you play, all of a sudden that list doesn't feel so hard and focus on those things yeah. about yourself and grow those things. And then you're going to see more and more, right? Because we, we, we're too associated with ourselves. You know, we're too connected with ourselves. Sometimes you got to take a step back and disassociate a little bit. And that's why I say, you know, look from the other side of the mirror hmm. and just look at your roles. What roles do you play? And why do you play those roles well? You know, what do you love about that you do? You're a great cook. You're a great mom. You're very considerate. You're very kind. You know, you do, maybe you do volunteer work. You know, maybe you're very generous. So if you were looking at yourself as your different roles, all of a sudden you're going to bypass 20 things. You're going to be able to come up with all kinds of wonderful things about yourself. Yeah. yeah. I like that quite a bit. Another way to, to, that just sort of popped into for me is because my, you know, my conversation is often about relationship, romantic relationships. So it's, yes, it's about relationship with self. And then, then you know, my journey has been around romantic relationship. And I remember um, when I started to write down this like ideal person, right? This ideal partner. This is after my divorce. Um, I wrote it down and I wrote down it was really very, it was very brief. It was that and like what my life was going to look like, right? The vision of my life and the right. vision of this partner. And I sort of put it away. Like I wrote it and I put it on my altar and didn't really consider it, didn't think about it. And then I started to realize that in order for me to attract that person, I have to be that person, right? right. 
And it wasn't until I actually, it was actually, that reflection happened later because I started to actually practice that person. I was, I became, started becoming that person that I wanted to attract into my world. Right. And then I had the aha moment <laughs> of, oh, this is what it is. And then before you knew it, talk about manifestation, this person just appeared in my world. And I was like, there you go, because like energy attracts like energy. So if you keep asking yourself, why do I attract the same kind of guy? Maybe you want it's time to do some self-reflection. What yeah. are you, it's not about them. It's about what are you attracting and why are you attracting it? Yes. Yeah. I know we've kind of gone all over the show. So I, 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 I we're just going everywhere. And I, this is what I love about this. Like, this is why I intentionally don't preset questions because I think things are meant to show up when they're meant to show up. Um, let's go back though to the academy and let's touch on the academy and wrap yeah. this, this, this beautiful conversation up. What is it for you? Not what is oh. it, what are you giving to the world? What is this, what is this doing for you? This is pure fulfillment. This had this academy, whatever fear I had about anything in this world is gone. Um, I've never lived my life really fear-free, but I definitely feel that way now. I am so, have so much faith in this academy and in spirit that it's, it's like I know I have a right arm. Like it's that clear to me right now. And, and I am so excited. I'm excited for what this is going to bring the world. And I keep having the vision of the, 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 the hundredth monkey syndrome, you know, that tipping point that's going to create something in the collective with all these people that are going to become part of this, the faculty, the students that are going to be coming here and creating, you know, people go to an online network every single day, you know, come to I awesome, right. And be awesome and just stand in your awesomeness and know that here you will always be supported right here. You can come and and share things and, and know that you don't have to prove anything to anybody. You just be you. Yeah. Right. And respect everybody else. And I, I, it's given me purpose more than I thought I had purpose in my coaching and in my stuff, but it doesn't even come close. It doesn't even come close to this. I have a practice that I've spent years building that I'm, that I haven't even paid any attention to in the last two and a half months, because all I've been doing is preparing for this launch and getting this going. And what are you feeling? I'm, I am so excited, like so excited. I'm beside myself. And I, every night I go to bed and I am in awe of everything that happened that day and how it unfolded, even the challenges that showed up. Because if anyone's dealt with tech and websites, you know that there are challenges and things. <laughs> it's that just challenge. There's always going to be something to learn every single day. Right. And, you know, in the, in this, in the same time, I'm going through these different changes in my body and then in my, in my energy and, and everything. And some days are good. And some days I'm like, Whoa, what's going on. And, but every night I go to bed and I'm like, is tomorrow really going to be better than today? Is it, could that even be possible? Because that's what I'm feeling from, from a person who wanted to end her life once upon a time mm -hmm. to this, like, I can't wait for tomorrow. I love that. One, you know, we're one day closer to being able to help so many people. And I, I'm, I'm like, I'm just like a kid in a candy store. Like, I just can't wait. It's like my parents have told me we're going to Disneyland. I'm like, packed. I'm at the door. I'm waiting. <laughs> and it's, and it's so, I mean, I, I can see your face, right. And I can see it in your, however, it, it's so apparent in your, in your words and in you, you can, you can hear it in your voice that the excitement and the joy that you're, that you're bringing forth. I um, ask, I do have to tell you one thing. Yeah. Jocelyn, number one, I'm excited that you become part of the, of the faculty. I, but I am too. I, well, you just let the cat out of the bag, but yeah, I was, I was going yes, to announce I it at some you. point. Yes. I'm, I'm so over the moon to be a part of this. But I think that the part that excites me the most is on my vision board before this started, I made my vision board, but I made it an actual whole wall in my house. Like it took control of a whole wall in my whole house. And I have a rebounder, like a trampoline in front of it. So that actually I just sit there and I work out 
while I'm staring at my vision board. So I'm seeing like pictures of this and words of that. And Oprah Winfrey is actually on my vision board. And it's not because I want to be on the, her network. It's because I want to sit down and share like a, a girl's night and share like a, a bottle of wine with this woman and just talk. Um, that's what I want to do. I, she's always fascinated me. But the interesting thing was in the corner, in the one corner, I haven't been in a relationship for 15 years. I think for a man to stand near, next to me, he's got to be able to support my energy. And that's not easy. Um, but I wrote big love, big love. And that I want a relationship. And it's a uh, pictures of an outdoor, very rustic kind of forest reception kind of pictures that I put underneath it. And I never knew that big love was going to be this academy. I never knew that the relationships that I was asking for was not one relationship. It was so many. And I come from a world of a name like Aisha, a country like Turkey, kids always making fun of me, my mom sewing my dresses that were beautiful, by the way, but not what everybody else was wearing, hiding in the bathroom so I wouldn't get beat up after school from that kind of a life to being the most popular girl in school right now. And it's been like, when I think about it and I'm like, did I get big love? Oh yeah. Every day I have big love and every day I have brand new relationships and I couldn't be happier and more fulfilled. Like it's amazing. And you created it. I know you say you are the creator and you're just, you're here as the, the caretaker you're creating this every single day for yourself and for so many others. It's a good feeling. It's hard for me. I, I, I try to, I, uh, my biggest thing is remain humble yeah. in this. I heard one time that in a past life, I had a lot of um, gifts and a lot of power and it went to my head and I lost everything because of ego. Mm -hmm. So in this life, I am very conscious of whether that was a real life or whether someone just told me that, regardless, I got the message loud and clear. So in this life, I always remain humble. I always know that all of my gifts don't come from me because if source wasn't there, I wouldn't have any gifts. And so everything I am is because of energy. And you know, the, I think the thing is to never forget that. I'm so, yes, you're absolutely right. And even in like in all of it, right? In the, in the most amazing and awesome space that you're in and in the smallest of you're in that tight little bud, terrified to like let that bloom. Remember that you're held. You're always held in energy. You're always, you're always held. held. Always loved. Yeah. There's so much love. I can't even, I can't even just thinking about it makes me cry. Like there's so much love and you're never alone. Like you are never alone. Yeah. And we think that we are because we're so caught up in the physical, but there's so much more than that. And you are never, ever, ever alone. And you are always loved. And the best is always wanted for you. And this is not words. This is not just me putting out a bunch of cliches. This is fact. It's, it's real. It's yeah. real. It's real when you allow it to be. Yeah. Um, and I think back to that woman that I was, that girl that I was, and I cry for her. But I'm so proud of the woman that she's become. I really am. As you, as we, as you are able to, right? Yeah. You, that you've created, you've created, again, you've created. As we wrap this conversation, I love a final thought from you on anything. What calls to you to close out this conversation? Oh, what calls to you? Okay. There are those of you that are listening and I know you feel stuck and you feel like you don't know how to get out of the situation that you're in or you don't know how to change where you're at, whatever stuck feels like for you. The one thing that I want to tell you is that even though you feel like I've tried everything, you might feel that way. I want you to remember this. Stop lying to yourself. Because if you've tried everything, 
then you have, then you will definitely find a way out. Maybe the ways that you've tried are the safe ways, the ways that you know, the ways that give you comfort. And we swim in our darkness because we know it. It's comfortable because it's a place that we've always been, even though we hate it. It's a place that we've been for so long, we know what to expect. Mm -hmm. But you are worthy of stepping into something else. You are worthy of being in your best potential. And just change your choices. Just change your decisions, change your choices. If, if a certain choice isn't working for you, then choose something else. And if that doesn't work, then choose something else. And you're going to find that with each choice, the energy around you changes. With every change you make, everything around you changes. And if one choice you make isn't the right one, that's okay because there's another one. Mm -hmm. Keep trying. You're going to find it. Don't give up on yourself ever. Don't give up on yourself. Don't do that because... Look at me. If I'd given up that day, maybe there would be no academy right now. You cannot give up on yourself ever. I love that. I, and I agree. Keep taking one step. It's one step at a time. Sometimes you might be running. Sometimes it might be feeling like you're running, that you're walking through sludge. I think that people kind of think that they got to do everything at once. Like I'm going to make changes and it's got to happen tomorrow. No, one change at a time. Just take your baby steps. How does a baby learn how to walk? Right. Takes exactly. a couple steps, falls down on its butt, gets up another step, falls down on its butt and it keeps on going. And if that baby got frustrated and said, I'm tired of falling, I'm not going to walk anymore. You would just have a bunch of adults rolling around on their butt right now. <laughs> right. That's so right. Just learn from a baby and keep getting up and keep going and lean on the furniture and lean on what you need to lean on and keep going. Don't stop because you will be running one day. You will. It's there. It's there. Yeah. Thank you. I, Aisha, thank you so much for this You're so welcome. amazing conversation. You're so and welcome. I wish, and I'm so excited to see the trajectory of I Awesome because I know it's awesome. I already know it. <laughs> I already know it. You feel you know it. What? We know it. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you.